1: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pollock and Thurston here on this Wednesday, June the 21st. Hello, Brandon. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm getting ready for a very busy weekend in Toronto, as we have uh, a lot uh, coming our way, including uh, Brandon Thurston, who will be crossing the uh, Canadian border. So
3: all the best uh, with that. It should be a rather headache-free experience for you, I would think. We'll be be doing WrestleNomics Radio at 11 as usual, and then like, as soon as I'm done, in the car. There
2: you go. From Buffalo to Toronto. Well, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Uh, Someone who will not be in Toronto this weekend, but he will be all over uh, the coverage of Forbidden Door and the follow up uh, to Collision, which is happening in Toronto. We welcome in the editor of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer. Dave, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing
4: pretty good. How are you guys?
2: Uh, we're, we're doing very Can well as I would think that, uh, AEW okay. is today with the, uh, the collision number coming out. And we want to jump into that uh, right away with you and get some of your, um, immediate reactions to the number 816,000 viewers on Saturday on TNT, a 0.33 in the demo, 430,000 viewers. That translates to they were behind the uh, college world series, uh, that was happening as well as the UFC fight night, the main card. I would say that would you... over, overall wait, 0.33. Wait, 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 What's your reaction to that number? Okay, well, I mean, the the UFC
4: main card was after they were over, so yes. they didn't even go. I mean, the UFC and they beat they the prelims in, by a significant. Yeah, they amount. beat the prelims by a lot. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, they beat UFC by a lot, but they should have beaten the prelims. I mean, like you know, my my reaction to the number was going to be pretty much the same no matter what it was because it really mm-hmm. matters to me. What matters is w- where you are in a month. I mean, yeah. I, I would consider it. I mean, it's a good number. It's a it's a you know, it could have been. It's it's a good number. It's um you know if you if you can keep it at i mean my my feeling is if you can keep it at 0.25 0.26 on a consistent basis it's a it's a big hit considering what saturday night competition is and saturdays harder to draw than other nights of the week and everything um but you know i mean you, we've seen this with so many shows the premiere there was a lot a lot of hype for the show it's punk's first time back it's the, uh, debut of the show. It was heavily hyped. So, I mean, I expected a really good number. And so, and, and so, you know, I mean, they should be happy with it and encouraged that it was a younger audience than, you know, they've been getting for the Friday show. And, um, you know, I mean, compared to the Friday show, of course it's big, but it was hyped so much bigger. So yeah, good
2: first week, but, um, you know, did they make it know, harder for themselves, Dave, in the sense that tonight, you, you know, nothing for show number two and that follow up. And tonight yes. you would think a lot of it should be all about Sunday and they have to balance both to retain this audience for Saturday or at least a strong percentage of it while also pushing this pay per view on Sunday. And I, I think that that was a missed opportunity Saturday of not at least, you know, whatever the punk segment is on Saturday or making it clear punk is here on Saturday night. And tonight, obviously you, you have to make that push for this both back to back nights this weekend.
4: Yeah, and and Rampage will get like almost no push probably because um you know you've got you know I mean the pay per view should be the number one focus but yes you've got to tell people that and you've got to have some big stuff and um you have you probably should do some sort of match that has an angle that pertains to the pay per view to tell you hey you got to watch this you know and um you know maybe a a contenders match or something the winner gets something I don't know you know but something something should be done on Saturday that pertains to the Sunday card. So, but also, but also, you know, like, yeah, like Saturday's show this week can really, really heavily hype Sunday because it's the next day. But you can't ignore that on Wednesday because, you know, Wednesday, more likely than not, the audience tonight will be a little bit bigger than Saturday. Maybe not this week still. I think in the long run, the, the Wednesday audience will probably be the stronger audience of the two. But, you know, who knows? You know, um, night show. Um, but and has Punk been advertised for tonight, by the way? Because I have, I haven't seen that.
3: No, not yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it advertised, but that's that's the scuttlebutt. Okay, I mean,
4: I've heard, I've, I've only can say, I've I've heard from several wrestlers that he's on the show, so they certainly believe that he's on the show, and um, you know, so that's um, you know, I mean, he should be hyped then. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't throw him out there as a surprise, but you know, because he, he, he should help ratings first time on a Wednesday.
3: Yeah, and if I'm, if I'm seeing what's behind you, Dave, right? I think we see the showbuzz daily chart in the background, which is very appropriate. Um, <laughs> I guess it is,
4: isn't
2: it? Yeah. yeah.
3: So I, I, this was higher than I was expecting. And I, I mean, I totally agree with you that what really matters is what this show is averaging months from now, because that's what's yeah. really going to. That, that that's, that's what's really going to come into play when WBD assesses what's the value of this extra two hours sure. that that we're booking here. Um, but it was high. Yeah, I put out a poll a, a few days ago, and like over a thousand people voted for what it's worth, and, and everybody, the majority of people were guessing something under three point three zero for the demo, and it did a point three three. Um, I mean, you know, go go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's better than I thought it would be. I mean, I I figured it would do about what a dynamite does. So this is a little bit better than. In the demo, at least, it's a little bit better than what Dynamite has done. I believe it's going back to March. You have to find, to go back to March to find a 3-3 for Dynamite.
4: Yeah, it's, it's the high end. I mean, Dynamite's usually been, you know, it's, I mean, Dynamite's been pretty consistent between 2-8 and 3-3, you know, has been the range. So it's the high end. But this was hype more than, than an average, by, by far, more than an average episode of Dynamite and Punk's Return should have drawn. Um, well, I saw, I actually saw that poll that you did and it reminded me because when I do similar stuff on pay-per-views, Yes. I would say 95% guess low and usually very low. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I think, um, I think people, um, I don't know if I, you know, I, I mean, whatever it is, I think that they expect, they just expect worse. You know, they just think this isn't doing well. They're being told by people this isn't doing well. And then it does well. And it's like after, you know, like, like after a couple of pay-per-views in a row that are, that are all pretty consistent, when you think, when people are telling you this build's been terrible, it's awful, and then the number comes up the same, you'd go like, Hey, maybe this is just the number that they're going to be doing, you know, and maybe the build isn't as bad as you think we, we be. um, you know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, sometimes, um, I mean, if, I mean, basically you have to learn from, from this stuff and AEW is, is pretty con- you know, they have a pretty consistent audience. And we don't know what that number is on Saturday, but, um, but I mean, like I expected a big number. I mean, I look punk's first return. I felt, I felt a lot. Um, I saw the, the fact that they were, um, in the uh, Google charts, they were the 10th most searched thing and a regular television show never is. Um, you know, when, when it comes to wrestling, it, the UFC wasn't in the top 20. And, um, so I thought, Hey, you know, this is probably going to do, uh, pretty good but it you know again if it did a million viewers and everybody be doing cartwheels i would say the same thing you know i mean look the first episode of smackdown was almost four million viewers it was not indicative of anything um
3: and i guess i guess i think that like whatever it if it's higher that's that's low it's not going to fall as far you know if this opened up and did you know six hundred thousand viewers or something like that well yeah that'd be concerning it's it's going to fall by a similar percentage i I feel like you know almost no matter where, where it starts um but, but for this, this episode, there's a lot of younger viewership. Yep. Um, it's not in my report, but this is a 45, uh, median age viewer was 45 for this episode, which is, which, which is much there lower than, 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 than almost any AEW television show all yeah. year, right? Dynamite was 50 last, last yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. There's some comparison yeah. there. Yeah.
2: Right. Right. As we're looking ahead to this Sunday, Dave, what, what would your read be if we are in a position where this pay-per-view, there is a CM Punk and the Young Bucks, you would think in a normal world, These are both assets on your pay-per-view. Yes. Would you expect both of them on this pay-per-view on Sunday? Because now we're getting into like this situation where you're potentially leaving money on the table, especially if you are figuring like a punk, is that what a 20% jump in buys if he is on this show on Sunday? If he
4: is, if he is, he's got to be on the show. If you're going to figure punk's worth 20%, then he needs to be on the show and they need to, uh, and it needs to be in a big match. Um, Omega's on the show anyway. We already know that. So there's no, um, you know, there's no reason for the Bucks not to be on the show. You're not accomplishing anything by doing that because Omega's already on the show. So as far as that decision making process goes, um, look, they all should be on the show. And, you know, and eventually again, it's like, are you really going to do Wembley with, without Omega and the Young Bucks? I mean, that's ridiculous. Are you going to do it without Punk? That's ridiculous too. So, um, yeah, they, you know, you can keep, the Young Bucks and and uh Kenny off tonight show and have punk on and and it makes all the sense in the world. If you know if if I am you know I'm, there's a lot of things that I would do completely different here and I certainly wish you know that this thing had been settled, you know, on whatever, September fourth, you know, as opposed to probably who knows when if ever it would be settled. But, you know, whatever. The the decision is to keep them part. But you can't. But I mean as far as for tonight, yeah, they made the right call uh to put punk on in Chicago and have the other guys in a pre tape. Um but they're not on collision. I mean they're not on a, yeah yeah the, the um Young Bucks and um and uh, Omega are not on collision live. They may do a pre tape there. Um but you know it's like at some point you just gotta go look they're all top guys and um and it's just it's it just feels I mean I, I know I know there were people like well, that you know again with Punk being on the show tonight, you know, one of the one of people, you know, one of the top guys, was just like, you know, we were, you know, told that we would not have to deal with Punk except for on pay-per-views, and it's like, but here he is, week one. It's not like it's not like it's a surprise or anything. It's just, you know, these ideas change or what people are told change, and people are kind of like, uh, this is the the company. It's a new company. That's all there is. You know, that's how people viewed it. It's a new company. Um, you know, as far as business-wise, what that means, we'll find out. And as far as morale wise, you know, it's, you know, um, it, it depends on how punk is, you know, punk needs to be magnanimous with everyone. And I think he will probably try at least with most, but, um, you know, there's, you know, it's, there's a lot of divisiveness that, you know, I, it's so frustrating to me because I see it so closely and it, I, I feel it shouldn't be there. And you know, it's worse now than it's been, you know, I mean, it, it hasn't gotten better now. Right now it's, it's at a, a pretty bad point again.
2: Is that since the promo on Friday? Since, and promo many on Friday. Things, since, since the since, promo
4: has made things worse in Europe. Well, the promo and the ESPN story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, you know, every I didn't hear. You know, nobody was really. It's like okay, it's whatever. And then the ESPN story, which, um, you know, I mean, it was the talk of the locker room on Wednesday, and you know, which led to a lot of issues. And then the promo. Was it what
3: they were expecting because I mean, most people read it and expecting it to be controversial, and it was not not that controversial. I, I thought. Mm-hmm.
4: Right. I, I am of the impression that people were expecting worse, um, than it turned out to be, but you still have people who are, the people who really like Adam Page were not happy, you know, and I think there's this feeling of, um, you know, everyone there is pretty much told, like, keep the stuff on the inside, on the inside, that if it gets out, it's not good for the company. Um, and then the feeling is, is that one side is agreeing to do that and the other side is not. But the thing is, is that on both sides, they think it's the other side. So it becomes like a really weird thing. But it's like, it's, Can you it's, say it's which g- side is which there? Well, you know, I mean, I I know, you know, I, I mean, the one side's more public because, I mean, you know, Punk's the one who said this stuff publicly. But I mean, the thing was when it comes to the, the ESPN story is, is that there's a lot of people who, you know, felt that, Page should not have, you know, he shouldn't have gone after Page. Even if, even if privately he believed it, this wasn't the time to do it. And Paige, you know, is not someone who's going to answer back. So he becomes, you know, the bad guy because he can't, I mean, he could, but he doesn't want to be, I mean, if you notice from the, from, from day one, Paige has never said a word about anything. Um, you know, and, and he's a focal point of the story. And the reason is, is because, you know, he feels the best thing is to, not say anything. And by doing that, I think that, you know, people have looked at, and go, Oh, did he really, you know, whatever, or that, that, you know um it's, it's, just it's become a tough thing and it makes it, it, it makes it a tough work environment when one, one side will will go after the other and the other side is not saying anything, which has to frustrate them because they can't say anything or they feel it's best not to. And then now they're the victims and you know, it's, it's just a tough situation, but yes, Saturday people, um, you know, it was like one of those things of uh, both sides were told as far as the Young Bucks. I mean, like like there was the feeling that he went after Page because he's friends with the Young Bucks, and he had signed a thing where he couldn't go after the Young Bucks. And then on Saturday on Collision, there's the line, you know, and you can take it a million ways, and um, it's ambiguous and all that, but if you are looking at it going like, well, he's not supposed to when he did – Then you could say that, and if you just go, "Ah, it's just a line," and who cares? You can look at it that way. There's two ways of looking at that. I mean, I—I mean, when I heard the line, my my thought was, "Is uh the counterfeit bucks the counterfeit bucks?" But my when I when I heard the line, you know, I'm one Bill Phil. It's like, okay, is he acknowledging? Does 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 he know something that you and I don't know about? Did did
3: he confirm the TV deal? Is what
2: we want to know? Maybe maybe Jerry McDivid asked uh, Phil about uh about this before they put that in the uh the lawsuit.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, but I yeah, know, really, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like it's like, is this story true, or is he just, you know, making something up? Like, like, uh, you know, taking this story that 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 you know, and, you know, you and I have not been able to confirm, as far as I know, you know. And I've heard the rumors, you know, for whatever, for weeks yeah. and weeks and weeks, and and you know, all that about this the one billion dollar deal, and he's out there essentially saying this, and on their TV, when Tony, you know, is like. We can't you know, talk not,
2: about the television contract. We, like, can't talk we can't
4: talk about it. And then here he is saying this to put himself over. And it's like, is this a true story or is he just, you know, I don't, I mean, I, and I don't know the answer.
3: In, in the logic of like how much, if, if I'm WBD and I'm going to pay a lot of money for this, these series of TV shows, I, I can't imagine committing to a number before. Knowing what collision does on average, you know, I, so I, I I agree with you completely. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're buying an empty box. What's, what is this show going to do?
4: Right. Like if it's going to do a 0.17 or a 0.26, you know, in, in television, that's a giant difference, especially going forward. So yeah, if, um, yeah, as far as like committing to a number, I mean, you've got to know what the, the value of the show is. So, so it's like, my gut you know not knowing anything is that from their standpoint they'll probably you know it'll be something for a year from now or whatever yeah a year from now is probably or 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 10 months from now is where you're really going to get into that stuff so any number you know unless they've already agreed to something or keeping it quiet um it feels like any number would be something that would be determined based on more than anything collision because i think we know um i don't I think that, that Dynamite's pretty consistent where it is. And I don't know that it's, could it drop a little bit because there's two shows possibly, possibly
3: in rampage too. I think, you know,
4: rampage, I think is going to get killed, but yeah. you know, I, I I'm, I, I don't anticipate it building from where it it is. Cause it, it, it can't, if you're if you, you only have so many hours and rampage is very clearly going to be the C show. So, so, and not even like, again, on Wednesday nights, um, we saw it last week on Wednesday. They barely promoted Rampage, which is funny because the number was was higher than it's been. But I mean, it was barely touched on. It's like you, you, you know, you, you didn't you didn't have any hype for that weird mixed match. You um, they kind of mentioned at the end will Osprey would be on the show, but not even talking about the match. I didn't even, you know, from watching the TV, I wouldn't have even known that there was a Takeshi to Bandito match.
3: Not that that's a big marketable match, but it's a match on paper that's that's a great match. So as, as far as like where AEW gets valued in, in the next round, I could see, and, and I guess just for background, you know, we, I think we both asked Tony in press conferences, whether there's a new deal or whether basically, he said that it's just an extension. It's just a there's extra money, but it's the same term. So this is still a deal that's ending either this year or next year. It sounds like option is probably going to happen. And that's going to mean it's going to end at the end of 2024, September, um, end of September. So is it September? Okay.
4: Yeah, 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 the, um, the deal's at the end of
3: September, yeah. So, and I think, you know, a billion dollars, that's, that would supposedly be over to four or five years. Anyway, it comes out to about $200 million average annual value. And that does, especially if we're talking two hours of dynamite, one hour of rampage, two hours of collision, a total of five hours weekly. Um, and it's, and if collision, I mean, it ranks number three among cable originals on Saturday. If it continues to do fairly well, I'm sure it's not going to do in the, it's, I'm sure it's not going to do like the number three or maybe not even in the top five, but maybe it stays in the top 10. And if dynamite continues to perform as well as it has been roughly, I could see this being $200 average annual value. If, if you compare it to like just where SmackDown is right now, just with its two hours and yes, it's got about double the viewership. Um, but that's about $205 million average annual value. So I could see it's not, it's, it, it's not unrealistic in other words. no,
4: no, no, not at all. Not at all. You know, um, if you compare it to, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, and, and there's other things too. I mean, there's the, the, the pay-per-view, um, what's and the there's word?
3: next day rights to play with here and maybe something happens with yeah. pay-per-view even.
4: Yeah. You, yeah, you, you, you know, like, like could, could you do the pay-per-view deal the way the WWE does? And those pay-per-views are worth something. Um, you know, considerable. Um, you could, you could, you, you know, you can always do streaming specials. Um, I don't know that you really need them when you've got three TV shows a week, but you know, again, maybe two, you know, he um, says he's and, still going to do battle the belts too. I saw it. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I don't know what the, you know, again, it's whatever it's. Um, but you know, I mean, again, their, their, their numbers, I mean, like the number for this, I mean, they were doing between a 0.11 and a 0.14 on Saturday nights with whatever they were putting on in that time slot. So even if we figure a normal fall, they're going to be way above what the station was doing. So on Wednesday night, they're beating what the station's going to do with Big Bang Theory. Um, on, um, you know, on, on, um, Saturday, they're beating what they would probably do with movies on Friday. I don't know, you know, Fridays, uh, there's some weeks where they're probably not doing much better, but most weeks I think they're doing a little better. So they're above what the, the station's doing. So they have a, you know, they have a value there. Um, three shows a week, you know, um, look. The thing is, if, if they do 175, 200 million, um, the, the key to all that is, um, it's, it's, it becomes, the company becomes a giant success financially for Tony. Tony's investment in the long run pays off. Uh, Tony's commitment pays off. And, you know, all the people who were expecting him to go belly up are wrong because they won't go belly up with a deal at that level. And, you, um, you know, unless you
2: see this as sort of CM Punk's swan song is this being like a last run you get this company this transformative deal like he's 44 at this point he's yep. gone through you know the wear and tear of wrestling much less those years of training MMA at this level we've seen the injuries of the last year like mm-hmm. are you looking at this as sort of this is kind of CM Punk's final you know big contribution to pro wrestling and leaving on this note with launching them on a Saturday night it's he's going to be the difference maker if this is going to be a success on Saturday
4: Um, I'm sure that that will be something that he would,
2: um, like to do. Um, and I think he knows very well that the leverage he has here, like you could argue he he is the most important person in either company when it comes to these contract years. When it
4: comes to, when it comes to leverage, he has incredible leverage, you know, and, and, and he knows that and he knows it because, you know, things have happened in the last couple of months. And, um, you know, look, AC is back in the company. And I mean, that tells you. Everything about the leverage that he has, because do you think that that again, the majority of people in that dressing room, you know, and, and granted he couldn't get A. Steel in the dressing room, but he did get him hired. But people who you know know what happened with A. Steel and everything, I don't think anyone ever expected A. Steel to be back with with AEW, and he was, and you know, and that's another story because of you know he was, and it was pretty much kept secret. I mean, um and even you know, and you know, it, it, it's this balancing act that, that Tony's been trying to do. And, um, it's tough, you know, trying to be, trying to placate everybody. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's, and keep things and keep us from knowing everything.
2: And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly, what really promo gave is like coming out of that promo, the focus was the Bucks line. It was secondary to like the idea of this, like, dueling champions on two shows program and you have if you're you are hoping to lessen the focus on this it is more heightened than ever because when you hear that line the audience is now directed in this is where this is naturally going and that's going to just resurface and the questions are just going to reemerge because now you've your own performer has introduced it on tv yeah yeah i mean if you are a wrestling fan and you do not follow us or even if you do
4: you're thinking like you know, I mean even look even me. I I'm, I'm, you know when when it was over, it's like, hey, did did something happen in the last two days? and it, and then it was no, it didn't. And then it's like, then why did he do it? And it's because and the answer is because he can, right he He can't if they were to do the same thing um on the next promo, which they won't. Um, you know, would they be sat down? And I don't know. Maybe Tony would go, well, it's just retribution and this is all fun and games and it's causing controversy. I don't know what Tony's going to do. You know, I mean, everybody promised to do something and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a really weird situation.
2: Is there any chance of Punk, uh, being at the press conference Sunday night? If he's on this pay-per-view, you figure he's going over and do you put him in, in that setting or is that the last thing you're thinking about doing this, this weekend?
4: I think, he, I, I think that he would put him in that setting. And who knows where that will go. Um, but, um, if he wins, you know, if he's in a position, look, he's on the show, he's going to win a match. I mean, it, beating him would be insane.
2: Um, I actually heard a really great idea from one of our listeners of the idea of MJF no showing as he is threatened. Oh, that's And You're stand in champion of punk. You get your Tanahashi match with punk and. And that's your your involvement. I just would not do that as a surprise if Punk is wrestling Sunday night.
4: Yes, I have had several people speculate that to me. So it's it's. I think it's. I think between that belt and the MJF no showing thing, I think people have tried to put one and one together. And and you know, I mean, look when when the first person who told me that, I said, you know what? That's a possibility. I could see that. I could see that. But here's the thing. It's like, um, you know. Uh, what Punk said, I don't know how much of that has to do with storyline. Some of it does, some of it doesn't. Um And that becomes, you know, it's like, is that just something that he, you know, that he said? Um Because as far as like him and, you know, it, it, when the when thing was over, it's like, oh, you know, him and MJF probably, right? And then it's like, oh, it's not as sure as you think. So, the I mean, eventually they, the they got to do it eventually they have to do it though. But, you know, was it supposed to be on this, on this interview? Um, I bet people tell me that maybe it wasn't. So,
3: but you the know, the thing in mean, the quarter hours is that the promo, which was vaguely about the elite and a little bit about MJF, right? Nothing about Samoa Joe. Um, and, and, and nothing about Pogba, Jay Pogba, and Juice, but, but the, the match did quite well in the quarter hours. It, it, uh, it was the cool. peak for the demo. So more, there was more viewership in the demo for the match, for the main event yeah. match than for the promo itself.
4: Yes. Well, I think that there's probably, um, you know, the curiosity of what's going to look like in the ring. You know, it's the first time. It was good night. So, so, um, yeah, I mean, it was, hey, look, it's positive when the, when the, you know, when it comes to the AEW usual pattern, it's very rare. It happens on occasion, but you know, it's very rare where the, usually the, 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 um, final two quarters are the two lows. Um, and this one, which it's also a different night. I think Saturday dynamics are different from Wednesday. No and work. This doesn't the next have day. the big
3: bang theory starting out high for those early right. quarters and then sliding after. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah,
4: but that's not that's not so much on the demo, you know, because the demo True. the demo peak is usually not quarter one. The the viewer peak very right. often is the demo peak could be quarter two, three, four, um, but it's usually in two, three, two, three, four or five, um, you know, it's usually not in in seven or eight, um, but um, yeah, the um, I mean, yeah, that was that was good, and I mean, the one thing that that was that really impressed me or surprised me or whatever that I really took notice of was Punk and Joe when they first were about to clash and the place went nuts. And my thought was, is like everything you hear and everything you, you know what I mean? About like, oh, it's the casuals and this and that. And it's like, this is, this is 9,000 people in Chicago. And granted, it's, it's a punk city, but, um, they all watched ROH DVDs. They knew. Well, whatever it whatever it is, that's, this is a feud from 18 to 20, 18 to 20 years ago. Um, it did hit Chicago and it probably drew, you know, five hundred people in Chicago eighteen to twenty years ago. They were not on TV. It was not a big television feud. And they went in there and everybody knew about Punk and Joe. So that tells you that this, you know, which is so long ago. And and emotionally they reacted to it. It's not like I read it in the history books 20 years ago. The reaction was so big. So it tells you that there is an awareness of by this audience that is far more than most people We'll expect at least at least with me like like if it was one of those things where yeah there was there was a there was a pop to some people, yeah, I, I knew that that would happen, but when it's as big as it was, it's telling you that there is a knowledge of cm Punk and Samoa Joe. And the program, and that program is that they didn't even do it in that program wasn't even in TNA on television on Spike. I mean, this program was no television. It was Ring of Honor. It was the, the early years of Ring of Honor, long before the peak of Ring of Honor, you know, years, you know, which was many, many years later. And there
0: you go. This post wrestling podcast is brought to you by Nerdwallet's smart money podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister. And putting away more money for retirement, because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app, Future you. Well, thank you.
1: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
2: What's your thought on a Saturday night collision in Toronto? When this date was first announced, I thought this show was... Easily good for 7,000 people. We currently stand at just under 4,500. There has been some reductions in, uh, in, in ticket pricing. Um, what, what's just your thought on like some of the, the softer ticket sales in Canada outside of Forbidden Door?
4: Um, look, I think people didn't know what collision was. And I think that now, I mean, the one thing is, is like now, I mean, you look, look like, a, two weeks ago, it was 1500, you know? Yeah, so if it's it, been if they're a big gonna,
2: boost, this last yeah, time. if
4: they're going to go in there with five to 6,000 people now, I consider that a big, big success. And yeah, some of it's reducing prices and some of it is the expectation of punk. And look, it shows that he can draw. Um, and you know, you didn't know, you didn't, I mean, like when he was there the first time, um at the beginning, yeah, all business was good. And then it business was starting to normalize. And I mean I remember like when, when they announced um in Chicago, I think it was, and granted there was a blizzard, but um I think that um you know they did the the, the MJF and, and punk match in Chicago before to build the, the, the uh dog collar match. And I thought, okay, now with that match that had been built so big on television added to interest, They'll they'll fill interest, and they didn't. Um, you know, it didn't even move a lot. You know, like We've seen so many times where there's a big match announced on, on, um, you know, the week before on a Wednesday for the next Wednesday and it's real big and the ticket sales don't really move that much. And I'm going like, God, it's a big match. So it's kind of like, you know, you go in there with, um, you know, the people who want to buy, buy right away. And then you, you trickle in from there. And of late, somewhat because of the lower, lowering of the ticket prices, we are getting a more of a WWE pattern where there's a lot of buys in the last week. Or a lot of comps in the last week, in some cases too.
3: And I, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the latest numbers. I'm looking at them now for Collision, and Toronto is at 4,800. Well, that's um, that's
4: good compared to two weeks ago.
3: Hamilton, which which is the one that was at 800 or so, mm-hmm. is now at 1,600. So it's it's I mean, it's still under 2,000, but it has doubled at least. And these are, yeah, these but, are all up, up, updates since since uh, Collision has aired.
4: Yeah, but but the one of the things we don't know is is what are paid and what are comps. True. You know, on the, because they, they, the the number of comps for AEW, I mean, it used to be two and three hundred, you know, a week. And, um, it's, it's considerably higher, you know, on, um, a lot of these Wednesdays. Um, I mean, it's still, you know, I mean, but, but there's a lot of cities that had very weak advances, you know, collision in Toronto being one of them where, um, it ends up respectable. So it's like, I'm not so much, you know, but, but again, like, yeah, what you said is, is it going to be as good as, The Toronto number, if you're telling, talking to me about this, like, yeah, I would have Toronto with CM Punk first time the pay-per-view sold out. Yeah, I would have
2: expected, um, seven
4: to nine thousand, right? Yeah.
2: Do you uh, throwing punk out of the mix on Sunday night? Do you have like, um, a a viewpoint on the the buys for this show? I'm pretty high on what this show is going to do. Like, I don't see it. uh, I certainly see it topping last year's number and. Potentially by a considerable margin, I think. Like, there's a big intrigue in this show, and especially if you do a last-minute angle with, with Punk, I think that only uh exceeds the potential last ceiling. Year
3: is about about 140 or so when you count yeah, all the new yeah. Japan yeah. World. Is this is this also on New Japan World this year?
4: I believe so. I, I um I actually don't wish for sure. Um, you might maybe check on that.
3: I thought when
4: they announced Osprey and Omega and Danielson and Okada that it would be a very good number. I thought it would be the biggest number since, uh, what was it? The, um, double or nothing from 2022, right? The hangman and, uh, punk match. I thought it would be the biggest, but I've not been overwhelmed by the build. You know, I mean, tonight's obviously the, the, you know, the real, real key night because now it's like, we've got those two matches and there's, you know, we haven't seen Okada on TV and he's not, you know, I mean, I presume he'll be on tonight. He should be, um, and, you know, we've, but we've seen no real back and forth other than Danielson doing some promos. And it's, it's very much a, a hardcore fan match, which is a big, a much bigger uh, percentage of the buys than people, you know, um, uh, you know, give it credit for, for, but, uh, Omega and Osprey has had the one, the one thing on TV last week that was very strong, but we need promos back and forth. And, and that's not happening tonight because we know Omega's not there. Um,
3: it is listed on New Japan World. It's a pay-per-view, by the way.
4: Okay. So, so the thing is, so those first two matches to me were super strong. And I thought, yeah, way above, but I haven't seen, you know, like the other stuff, like Sonata and Jungle Boy to me is just, it's just a match. It doesn't mean anything big or not. I mean, in the ring, I think it'll be a good match, but, um, and then MJF and Tanahashi, the, you know, the tagline on that is, that, is that, MJF is threatening not to show up. So I don't think that that is a great lure to sell, to to get people to buy the show. And we haven't had an undercard. And I mean, that's the thing. It's like, who's Moxley wrestling? Who are the Young Bucks wrestling? Who is Jericho wrestling? And I mean, all of those things, um, you know, it, it's, you know, who is, you know, Whatever you know I mean, this is a
2: really busy show tonight, Dave, when tonight's you you the fans to that are it. listed, like this blind draw tournament draws thrown in there and stuff yeah. I mean it's just like this seems like a really packed episode where again yeah. I, like I'm basing my optimism really on those top two matches and the potential of a of a punk match because I think that's what that's what's either selling people on the show or not. It's not like last year where it was this fully fleshed out card, and I mean that one had its criticism going into it, but a lot of it, 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 it yeah. I, I mean, I,
4: mean, I think, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it must you know, punk's on the show. I mean, they, I mean, I was expecting for, um, Saturday night. I mean, I was expecting the tag match to end and a stare down between, cause I didn't expect somebody to go and beat up punk on night one and, in, in, you know, on night one, but I did expect somebody to pop out at the end of that show, whether it was Kenta or whether it was somebody even, or, or just a video of a Japanese guy, you know, who wasn't there and, you know, Ishii or, you know Minoru Suzuki who we know who was on the show tonight. Mm-hmm. You know just these different guys um someone to go in there and and give you the punk match because I I think that with the punk match yeah I think we get to 160 right. Um but um yeah I mean yeah we're, it's it's all dependent on it's, it's all dependent but I haven't seen like like to me of the of the four matches that have been announced as far as the stuff that's been said and done and angle to really hype me more than the announcement of the match itself on that dominion show i haven't seen it yet but it, you know obviously tonight is super important and saturday is super important because that's those are the key shows to really hype those by. so you know an an evaluation of how the show does is probably best uh for for tomorrow or or maybe late saturday night but i do think it should be last year just based on those two for top two matches yeah
2: before we let you go here, Dave, we do have one, uh, question coming in from a listener, uh, who just wanted to ask a bit about the MLW case and mm-hmm. with a judge believing it has merit to go to trial. Do you guys think that the U S government will look into an antitrust case against WWE? So pretty like overarching question, but I know you, you've spoken about this in terms of just following the, uh, the antitrust case with the, with the UFC over the last uh, decade. Um, were you surprised, first of all, at sort of the reversal of the judge's decision last week that really just backed all of the MLW claims after it seemed like this thing was just holding on by a thread a month prior.
4: Yeah, I was really surprised. Um I mean, I would have, it wouldn't have stunned me for the case not to have been thrown out, but yeah, I mean, he basically almost threw it out the first time. And when I read the amended complaint, it was like, this isn't that much different other than the, re- you know, it's funny because the Reels thing, the peacock thing, for this case, you know, it's, it was bad for MLW because they seemingly have lost reels, but it was great for the case because now it's like, um, yeah, that, that clause in the WWE thing of nobody, you know, being of, of complete exclusivity, um, absolutely hurt the, you know, the competition that had a deal. Um, you know, you, you know, that, that's, that's whether it's enough to win a lawsuit that I don't know, you know, but, but it absolutely gives the case more, uh, sizzle or whatever. But the way that when I read the judge's ruling itself and Brandon, you know, you let me know what you think. When I read the ruling, I was, it, it, it felt like the judge was like, you know what? Um, I mean, it was on, on, on every, like, like the judge didn't really go back and forth. I mean, it was just like, yes, this has merit. Yes, this has merit. Yes, this has merit. You know, um, and you know, McDivitt wrote, what I thought were some pretty compelling arguments against it. And he threw, he threw all of them out with no reservation.
3: Yeah. And to be clear, it's, it's not the judge saying I agree with MLW's arguments, but just saying that this is good enough to go to trial and and discovery will be next. Um, It could, it probably doesn't hurt that this is in California and, you know, the, I've talked to a couple lawyers about this case and at least one person thinks that, you know, this being in California will make it an easier case to get through for, for MLW just because I guess they have supposedly more liberal judges. Um, but one of the big arguments in, in the case is whether or not there's a, a market here that WB supposedly has a monopoly on. And WB's argument was that there is no pro wrestling media rights market. And of course, MLW is arguing that there is. And, and that seems to be the key decision that the judge had to make was that yes, there is, even though it is a small niche market, there is a, a relevant, what they call a relevant market for this case, which is the pro wrestling media rights market in the United States. Um, you know, WB was trying to argue that there's look, zombie shows, literally zombie shows are mentioned in in uh, yeah. WB's violence. Uh, there's all these different programs that we're competing with. And I'm not a legal expert, but the judge thought that MLW's case about that point was compelling enough to let it go.
4: Yeah. One of the things too is if AEW gets that deal that Punk alluded, you know, allegedly or seemed to allude to, I think that really helps WWE side. Yeah. You know, interestingly,
3: the, WWE tried to say in, in their filing that, Hey, look, AEW has a new deal worth $240 million a year, which is, yeah, is not a true story as far as I know. And, uh, and, you know, and MLW did dispute that already though.
4: Yeah, yeah, and then there you know I've heard people go like you know what is that what how does the judge look at that 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 kind of a thing where it's like they threw something out and even though they qualified it by saying it's been reported um I mean they threw, they threw something out that as best we can tell was not true. Right. And uh, you know again in, with the judge in court arguing that in in your attempt to throw it out that probably didn't help them.
2: No, I, I don't think at all. Um, but it is one that as well, like as Brandon mentions, the next step being discovery, is that where WWE sort of just let's, let's just get this away because we do not want to go and take that, that next step into this, but that is sort of where this is kind of on the doorstep of. And that becomes very interesting if we, if we get into that level of, you know, granularity when it comes to these. And I don't know if deals. we'll be able to
3: seal and keep from the public Is they might be able to submit some things into discovery, but not necessarily have to make them public. So people like us can see them. Um, but we could, I don't know. I, the thing that, that comes to mind first for me is, are we going to see TV rights contracts be a part of discovery? Um, and oh, I think see for whether sure. there is exclusivity clauses in these, in these deals. Yeah, and yeah. is there anything here that W would, would rather pay the cost of settling versus let that stuff be public?
4: Well, and here's the other one is just like, um, how much of contract information with the talent will be out? Because like with, with the UFC lawsuit, I mean, as far as like how much certain people made is not exactly, it's not, it's not specified. They were able to keep that much, um, you know, individual, you know, individual things quiet to a degree, but they still were able to get, uh, you know, like that, that Brock Lesnar made $8 million for the Mark Hunt fight. Which nobody knew. And that did come out in Discovery. Um, you know, and, and it was not like Brock Lesnar made eight million, but it was like there was a fighter at UFC 200 who made eight million. And obviously that's Brock Lesnar. So, you know, there are, there are, and also, you know, things that, you know, um, Conor McGregor didn't up to that point in time when the last round of Discovery was talking, which is a few years back that Conor had never actually made over eight million when a lot of people thought he had made far more. Um, and he had certainly claimed that he had. So it's like, um, how much of that will come out? How much will it, you know, how, but I mean, as far as like the percentage or, or the, the total number as far as of pay that they give to the talent of their total revenue. I mean, that did come out in the UFC case. And I think that that probably will come out in this case as far as is it 8%, is it 12%, is it 15%? You know, I think that we will know that. I think there's a lot of things like that that will, you know, contracts. I think, you know, bright TV rights contracts, I think we'll, we'll get a lot of, or, you know, WWE will settle. I mean, one of the things is, is that if this was a Vince McMahon decision, I think that there'd be a part of Vince, you know, knowing Vince that, that he would want to fight it and win. And with it, but is Ari Emanuel going to have that same thought process, especially in, in the case of the, you know, look, they're, they've got two companies that both have antitrust lawsuits against each other and they're trying to merge them, even though they're in separate fields, they're sort of, there's, you know, it's like, then how does that look? So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of interesting things that can happen out of the case and, you know, the dynamic of dude, we just pay to make it go away. Um, which they didn't do with the UFC one, but with the UFC one, the amount of money to pay to make it go away is astronomical. I think it's far more than in this case. So the fact that they have not paid for the UFC case to go away um, is, is something, you know, I mean, it's the decisionary made and, and we'll have to, um, you know, um, you know, it, it, it's something, but I think that in this one, I don't think that, you know, again, the, the amount that they would have to pay to make it go away is not nearly as much. So maybe that will happen, um, you know, because, you know, but and the other part of that with the with the Kung case, you know, the the, the UFC cases, things gone on for like ten years. You know, and it's like, "Does this thing gonna go on forever and ever?" And I I think that one of the reasons I think it's gone on is because, um, I mean, the judges is I think the judges doesn't want to make any rulings because it's, uh um,
2: you know, it's if a he does precedent, if you know, they they, they, they come down and in. in favor of the, of the fighters and what that potentially opens up to because then you have the the carry-on case with like the cajun johnson one that cut carries up until um right. modern day fighters yeah. as well and right. as you've alluded to as well like this it very much mirrors the wwe's system of operation and whether yeah. there would be that grouping that would see that connect the dots and want to move forward with something like that but it's a very very long road uh for that but probably would be a lot lesser of a path if you have that precedent out there.
4: Um the precedent the precedent from UFC uh would open up WWE or close up WWE, you know, for, for that um one way or another. And I thought like, you know, this is something I thought had been settled years and years ago. And um, I don't know if it's uh, you know I, I don't know how a court case goes for ten years, but this one has
2: last thing, uh just as you brought up his name, uh does it stun you that you know, we went through the whole Dana White um incident with his wife after New Year's Eve. And last night, Conor McGregor's on ESPN for an hour. And it just seemed as though, like, I, I didn't see any sort of, like, real uh complaints or outrage about this. It was as though, like, I haven't seen ESPN address the situation in any fashion at all. And just when you read that, like, the man is innocent until proven guilty. But... Given the pattern of all the different allegations and this being the latest one. And yeah. here he is, like, this is not like some obscure network he's on. It's on ESPN. And it just seems as though it's whatever. If it's under the radar or just, I'm, when we see it's the fear that Dana White received, um, in the Connor thing, it just seemed to be the opposite.
4: Yeah. And the Connor charges are a million times more serious too. Um, <laughs> I don't, um, it, it, it's, Look, the, the Dana thing amazed me, you know, as far as like, you know, and, and we've seen, look, we've seen it with Floyd too. You know, I, I, for whatever reason, um, the standards that wrestling fans have, want to have on wrestlers are so much more stringent than if you look at, um, you know, a lot of real sports and, and, and stars and things like that who can get away with a lot. Um, and in wrestling, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, put it this way, many, many, many careers in wrestling, have been um, destroyed for less than what Connor is alleging. And if, and if something happened with someone in wrestling who was uh, a minor character or even a somewhat major character, and this story broke the way it did, they'd be gone. Like I like if this story broke with, you know, and even and even a major guy, I think they'd be, they'd be gone until at least they were exonerated. And um you know, UFC, it's completely different. Ain't gonna hold up Conor fighting. I mean, I knew that right away. And yeah, there's, they, he's on the reality show. No one's saying, no one's saying a word. Um, you know, I mean, the case, and the case is out there. Look, it, it, the case is getting more pub than, than a, a case with any pro wrestler would get or, or, you know, maybe, maybe one or two of the top, you know, pro wrestlers would, would perhaps be different, but almost any. Um, but yeah, it's business as usual and, uh, you know, I'm, and, and, um, you know, the nature of, it's an interesting story because some of the charges and everything like that and the videos are out and everyone can jump on the videos and everything. And it's like, uh, um, it's a, it's a, it's a confusing case. It's not a slam dunk case, put it that way where you look at it. But at the same time, it's like, um, you know, there's no one, no one putting him on hold either.
2: Well, Dave, uh, thank you as always. Uh, you're very generous with your time, uh, jumping on with us. Of course, you can follow all of his work in the wrestling observer newsletter, uh, as well as a uh, plenty of, uh, audio shows with Brian Alvarez up at wrestlingobserver.com. It's a very busy weekend coming up. So all the best to you, Dave, and, um, and a trip to England coming up soon. So you'll yeah, we'll have yeah. to fit that, that, that should be another, uh, insane week for you.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's a lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot going on next couple months. Like I've been Saying all along, next couple of months are going to be really, really interesting. I think there's a very pivotal, very pivotal period. Um, the next four to six months in the long term or in the long term history of pro wrestling. I um, mean, between the
2: two w- television contracts and yep. the merger, it's, I mean, it's, it's a gigantic, um, yeah. series yep. of like months coming up in over the next 12 for sure. Yeah. Dave, thanks as always. Uh, hope we can do this again with you uh, sometime and all the best. Okay. Thank you very Dave. much. Yep. Good to see you, Brian. Brian. Brandon Thurston joining yeah. us here. Hello. Um so there we have uh Dave Meltzer joining us from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Always great to uh, catch up with him as well. Uh Brandon, you are going to be making your way up to Toronto. What are kind of your feelings on Forbidden Door going into the show? Do you does this feel
3: like a uh like a big show? The lineup going in is is stronger than last year's Forbidden Door and For, for that reason, I would think this is gonna do a little bit better than what last year's Forbidden Door did. There's no punk on that show last year. There may or may not be punk this, this year. Even if there's not, I think that the two headline matches, Omega and Osprey, um. Is punk a medium difference? A big difference? Like if, if he is a medium difference. He's a medium difference. I mean, let's think about like, what was the last pay-per-view that he was on? He was on All Out, and that did like 140 maybe. And so, I think the New Japan element adds something extra here. And yeah, I think, I think the, the Brian and Okada match, the Osprey and and Kenny Omega match, that's, that's bigger than anything that was on, um, for Bindor last year. Yes. I I would
2: definitely say, I I would say both those two matches to me feel like, like last year was, you know, the main event was Moxley and Tanahashi, not their, not their first choice with the punk injury, but yeah, I would say each other
3: for forever. And people bought that pay-per-view That's right. We had the, uh, the, the forever (laughs) stare down, uh, going into that, that show maybe, but I think it's a, it's a bigger lineup. And I know a lot of what drove Forbidden Door to do well was some of those late buys. That's what really put puts it over the edge. Right. And they've got to deliver a great show. And we got two, two top line matches that are certainly capable of doing that. And you have not contributed to this boost in Hamilton numbers. You, you and Gallo no, not. are not, are not
2: making the trip to Hamilton. I've not contributed to, to the, uh, the Hamilton WrestleTix count. No. no. Have you been following any dark side of the ring? Have you watched any of the episodes this season? I just saw the Matt I, Bourne one last night. This was, uh, quite not. a, quite a strange episode. Uh, we will talk about it, uh, more tonight on have, have the, you seen Plan- the,
3: the SmackDown quarter hours.
2: Um, why don't you go over them, uh, with us if if you, if you so so choose. So this was not at the level of the thousand day celebration, but the show built around Jay Uso's decision. Uh, it was another very, very strong number, number one on television, Friday night on Fox. Right. So, so
3: the the last big one, was that the previous week where two weeks ago was the thousand day episode, right? The thousand day celebration. And that got up to something like 2.9 million viewers. Um, so not, not quite three, but almost this was. 2.765 2.765 million viewers total. Uh, in a demo, it did 0.76. Uh, this is a, a huge quarter. Uh, the, the previous quarter did 2.3 million viewers. This did just over 2.7 million viewers. So that's that's a 19% quarter-to-quarter difference. Um, the demo. I think was, there was uh, an entire quarter dedicated to Roman just
2: walking down to the ring for that that well, entrance. I mean, they, they it was need, like a we, 10-minute intro. Even longer then.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, no, but this, it's like, it's, it's another data point telling you this Bloodline storyline is doing really, really well. And there's just no denying it. No. Does it, do you think it is, is
2: changed at all? People's perception coming out of WrestleMania that there seemed to be such a, um, response to the, the title change. And while I, it's sort of incomplete because we don't know what a Cody Rhodes winning the big match, wh- what that impact would have, would have been. But certainly this has not hurt the company in any way. And it feels like this bloodline story, um, it's found its, its next chapter that has been very engaging for the audience. The numbers are clearly uh, backing that up. Like this is the thing that is
3: the, the clear number one story in pro wrestling. So right, I, I guess the, the question is, if, if Roman loses the title to Cody at WrestleMania, you could still tell the story. The, the title isn't necessary for the story. You don't get to call it the one thousand day title celebration or whatever. Um, but you could still do the story and the will they, won't they stay together and all that stuff. Um, is it as big of a deal as there a, are there as many viewers if he doesn't have the title? Probably close. It's probably still pretty big. It might not be as big because he doesn't feel as important if he's not keeping the title. Um and what what's what's the trade off then? Does Cody Cody score hours and that rating do a little bit better? I, I don't know. But it's it's not obvious to me and it's on its face, a big success. Also coming up
2: over the, uh, the next couple of days, uh, Thursday, Tony Khan will be doing his regular, uh, conference call with members of the media and we will see what, what, what is asked and what, what is covered in that. And then on Sunday, uh, at the press conference, what is your expectation of any interesting figures that make their way onto the dais in front of the, the media? If I'm Tony Khan, I do not want CM Punk up there. Um, I think it, I like. There's part of it where you you watch his public <laughs> demeanor that it just seems he wants to be so far distance from this, but he can't help himself in these situations that to create these like spectacles. Uh, You're talking about Punk or Tony? Uh, Tony. It just seems that though, like w- would it stun me? No, um, but it. Yeah, it would probably be the last thing I, I would want coming out of uh Sunday. Not to say that you'd ne- necessarily get a replication, but you also can't disqualify that that either. If he is just put in front of the media and you know the questions he is getting in that setting and and who he maybe picks out from there that he is going to just make his assumptions of uh who knows who.
3: I mean, I have to think he's under something like an NDA or something like that, that he can't say certain things about certain people, and we've seen – Tony jumped through hoops about, you know, that subject about the, the fight. Um, that would be my first question then. Right. Right. Are I mean, you under what, an NDA? Are you under an NDA? Uh, are you under an NDA uh, to cover your NDA? Um But yeah, I, I mean, it, it depends on if, if he wrestles and there's no, you know, not no confirmation. He's going to wrestle. I, I just, it's not worth the risk to me to put him up there. Right. Like, it, it, it'll there'll be some benefit in getting people talking and getting attention to media stories, mostly through the wrestling media as, as long as he doesn't go too far um uh, of, of having him there. But the the risk is far greater, right? Is the risk is, you know, tearing apart your morale of your locker room again.
2: I thought that you guys had a really great discussion on Russell this past week in regards to sort of the, the coverage of this story and just a larger one when it comes to, wrestlers, officials being on the record. And you're never going to have a, a system where that is like a uh, th- th- that clear level of transparency. But I do feel there's enough room in between what we operate today in and what is achievable that is both having a dialogue out there that there's a level of transparency that I think does boost a lot of trustworthiness worthiness in your audience that you are hearing directly. And I would say in this case, I mean, would there have been this grand harm in – Having uh comments in terms of, like, Kenny Omega and the Bucks did not speak to Mark Ramondi in the ESPN article. Like, this thing is not working itself out. Dave is mentioning the fact it is worse now since Friday than it had been prior. And it just seems to me like there is, I think, certainly more of a discussion to be had that there are areas of this industry that still exist in the just – Everything is off the record or it is just, clo- just cloaked in supreme secrecy, which some of the most mundane news items that you are provided is off the record. You can't talk about this. this is, you
3: can't, can't ever uh, share this with, with anybody. And it just,
1: it's like like that's- I think
3: part of the fear is that if I'm on the record talking to so-and-so wrestling journalist, you know, and nobody else is, does that make me, everybody points at me as being the source of, of all, all this information and stuff like that I guess um, well they can certainly guess who's who's talking to who um but, but there's there's two factors that are happening here right it's, one is just the, the legacy of the kayfabe and the, you know protect the business and the other the other factor is is the quality of the wrestling media and the the semi-professional amateur uh you know quality of, of the wrestling media where you've got you know unless it's ESPN. Where you know Mark Ramondi will do an article. He works for ESPN and everybody knows what the ESPN brand means. Mm-hmm. And people like CM Funk will give that give him quotes. Um I guess I just don't know what what's I we're getting into a conflict of interest and things that, that I should be talking about, I think. But like what are the, what are the wrestling media outlets that that would be good candidates for this? For for giving on the record comment too?
2: Well, I would think that it ultimately is, you know, the I think from a PR perspective, if you're WWE or AEW, it is first of all, having the belief that it is a value to us to have that kind of transparency with our audience and therefore going to your sites that are going to be your both high volume and also ones that, you you know, are of, of a certain level that that are very re- respected. A, a fightful, it, it requires
3: uh, the PR departments of WWE and AEW to be discerning about wrestling media.
2: And feeling that, that need to have that. And I guess from a selfish standpoint, you're certainly always going to covet like that, like some degree of transparency. And I'm not stating that, okay, you have to just like open the books to us if you're AEW, but I do feel there's a lot of stories. And you mentioned this, the fact that these stories get out that they would be so easy to rectify if you had that kind of, um, ability to, Put something out there that is, that is both accurate and can curb a lot of stories before they get out of the gate and,
3: and run afoul of people. And, and the other issue I raised was, well, why, if you have a Twitter account or you have a, an, an Instagram account, you can make comments on the record at any time. So I would love people to, to, you know, give John Paul, John everybody should give John Pollock comments on the record, by the way. But like, what, what's the incentive when you have in your pocket? All, all the on-the-record on access that you want. It's not like it was, you know, pre-social media where it was hard unless, you know, unless you are in front of a, a media outlet or on television or something like that. It was hard to get a public message out there. That's not the case today. What do you feel your
2: access yourself would benefit if if it was, if you were reaching out and you are Brandon Thurston from Sports Illustrated, if you're Brandon Thurston, from, you greater. know, a, a, like a, a legacy outlet
3: and how much that um helps you a, as well? I think that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, I mean, I did an article once for vice media, uh, motherboard, um, and it was about the W about a W network survey or something. And like, if I was just writing for WrestleNomics, which, you know, I, I wasn't doing that to this level at the time, but, but it was because I was writing for vice, which was a more recognizable brand name. I mean, it's, it's not even, I would say it's not even the, the, you know, sports illustrated, um, but I was able to get a comment out of WWE because of that. And they definitely weren't going to do that if I was writing for a wrestling news site. Yeah. I mean that,
2: you know, for years I think has been the, like a WWE, you know, very indoctrinated decision is that when there, when there is an arrest, when there is, you know, a significant story, like they more often than not are not going to comment, on the record, sometimes even with with larger outlets. But if ever something is going to come out, you are going to see it on a TMZ or a New York post or something of that level. Uh, but more often than not, I feel if they believe it's a wrestling contained story, they just not going to address it and it's going to, we're just going to move
3: on. Right. Is that the right strategy? I mean, I'm not like asking this, like with a strong opinion, either way, I'm just trying to observe what the incentives are, you know, like, is that the right strategy? If you want to contain bad, bad press. Is that, is that the right thing to do? Does, does engaging with the wrestling media make it better? Well, I think if we're
2: being specific, I think in, in the grand scheme of things, I think sadly, I think there is merit to that strategy of you just plow through whatever negativity comes your way and the news cycle will sweep that story into the background. But we also look at a story that in the larger scope of things we have covered, it's not life and death, this whole punk situation over the last year, but it has hung over this company. And just when you think they're slowly moving away from it, it comes back with a vengeance. And I think there are certainly, uh, there's clearly um that we have heard firsthand in the last week, like a frustration among people out there that th- there has not been enough of a clear indication like to, there there is no even indication that this backstage incident occurred from the AEW right. side. Like they have not even stated that. And I think there is a line of confidentiality versus just not insulting your audience to such yeah. a degree that we won't even acknowledge this happened. It's, it's, I think it only goads your audience to want more and to seek more,
3: including many chances to, to comment on it. Many, many times he's been asked and, He's apparently decided that that's what he wants to do. He just wants to avoid it altogether. And I don't think that that's served him well.
2: If you go back to the, the press conference and question it all out, part of that was when Nick Houseman was asking his question and Tony butts in on the Colt Cabana discussion and apologizes to Punk stating, I shouldn't have said no comment. Uh, or what was he, did he say at the time? I should have said no comment. I should have just no comment.
3: Yeah, I think I think that
2: was his his question in and of itself. And perhaps that is, you know, an experience for him that I mean only backs up his belief of just don't address anything and it doesn't become a story. But I think over this last year, I think that strategy has been grading on people because they are at least enough aware to know that this is this is a strategy that is being um executed in public. And the fact is this is playing itself out on your television, whether you are aware or not. And it is both like you're building this show around this controversy in a roundabout way while at the same time stating nothing to see here. This is nothing to even acknowledge. And yet so much of that attention on Saturday was because of this controversy and Punk's first word since then.
3: Yeah. And, and I don't think he, either of us are saying that he should have a long talk and explain to us all of his thoughts and feelings and, and experiences surrounding the all out fight. Um, But no, I'm just saying not- there's a wide Golf between, but there's a modicum of a comment that he could have made because clearly Punk is able to say say what he said in the ESPN article, which again is not a description of it's not my side of the story of the fight, but the things that led up to it and whatever. Um, and Kenny Omega has made again not 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 a, a narrative of what happened, but he has made comments around the story uh in a Renee Paquette interview. So clearly Tony is not legally bound. Whether there's legal liability, I suppose is a different question. But clearly, if, if they can say the, say, if they can have comments to the extent that they have, I would think certainly Tony could. That's all this thing needs is, uh,
2: is a lawsuit to, uh, attach to it. All right. Uh, we are going to wrap things up, but, uh, thanks to everybody, uh, for, for joining us here. Uh, we've got DJ Convoy. This WWE comment on backstage fights. Um, they have, if, if we're going back a long ways, but when the infamous Hartford fight happened between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, um, they addressed it on the air on Raw the very next week, actually, and, uh, did state it on, on camera. Now, um, the fact is, I think that had this been a backstage incident between these parties and everyone was back to TV and it was, you know, a statement came out or, or not. I think that the fact that like, there is something to be said about the fact that there were repercussions that came out of this, there were suspensions and it had such a massive effect on the company in the months falling, uh, coming out of it. Um, I, I don't know if we have like, um, a great example of that in WWE, at least over the last
3: 10 years. Yeah. I mean, if the, 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 f- the factors here are that it was the tops, sp- it was, Many of the top stars, including the top star of the company, there were suspensions. Um, at least some of them are in employee status. Our executives are literally executive vice presidents uh, of the company. And you vacated the titles the next day and <laughs> didn't offer any additional explanation. Uh, maybe maybe something else could have been said in addition. Yeah. I'm thinking of
2: Jericho and Lesnar had their their skirmish at uh, at SummerSlam yeah. a few years ago. That comes to mind.
3: It was it way back? Sincara and Simon Gotch got into a. That's right. Fist, yes. Three fist fight it was, yeah. was still real. I don't know. Anyway.
2: Well, Brandon, uh, I look forward to seeing you this weekend. So again, Russell still going live this Sunday morning. And then Brandon will be, uh, jumping into the Russell mobile and, uh, coming up to Toronto for Forbidden Door yes. and, uh, and no stop in Hamilton for, for Brandon. So if you, uh, yeah. maybe you Why can wave something. to him from your, uh, your Hamilton estate as he zips by to get back to yes. Buffalo as soon as possible on, on Monday.
3: You're, you're it going home like- Monday? I'm, I'm going home after the press conference.
2: Oh boy. That's, uh, that's a long day for you as it will be, uh, for all of us. So you can follow. Patreon.com slash WrestleNomics, and on our side of the fence, we will be live tonight at 10 Eastern after Rewind at Dynamite, where I think we will be doing a lot of rewinding and a lot of recapping of what goes on on a very busy show, and then we are doing the double shot immediately after Dynamite on PostWrestlingCafe.com. Tonight, we're chatting about what happened to Doink the Clown, the episode from Tuesday night covering Matt Bourne. So that will be the original Doink the Clown. So, uh, quite the episode to, uh, discuss and dissect. So you can join us for that. And, uh, Brandon and I will be back next week. Guest to be determined. It's, uh, it's always nice when people are reaching out to you, Brandon, to, uh, to, to come on the show. So we're, we're, we're starting to gain that influence among people where they, the people they, reach they, out they come to us. You. Makes the booking a whole lot easier. They're reaching out to you. Um, yes, but by extension, you, especially if you have a history with these people. So that helps too. Okay. On that cryptic note, we will say goodbye. (laughs) For Brandon Thurston, I am John Pollock. Thank you to Dave Meltzer for joining us. And that is Pollock and Thurston.